This is one of the most critical steps in the hiring process. And in the past, if you've listened to my previous episodes, you'll know that I say that people don't get hired over the phone and they don't get hired from resumes, but they do get hired from face-to-face interviews. So I'm not trying to intimidate you or scare you, but this is when the rubber meets the road. So make sure you prepare, make sure you get focused, because this is the critical step in your process and this can drive your career. So let's talk a little bit about face-to-face interviews. So as I said, it's the most crucial step of the hiring process. All the hard work you put in preparing and executing on your phone interview got you here but you won't get hired unless this step goes well. Logistics. Arrive five to 10 minutes early. Sometimes I like to get there a half hour early, sit in the parking lot, review my resume, get focused, get relaxed, get into that mindset so that I don't walk in late and frazzled with things falling out of my hands and my resume is all discombobulated. You know, get yourself gathered up and ready And get focused and go in there calm, cool, collected, and ready to execute. So get there early and plan accordingly. Make sure that you dress appropriately. Think conservative and professional. Men should be wearing dark suits, a professional tie, and nothing that really stands out in a negative way. An interview is not the time to try to impress someone with your flamboyant and exciting style. Unless you're a fashion designer, this is not the time. Think neutral. People, I've never in my two decades of experience seen someone say, you know, that person's attire was just too conservative. Let's pass on them. Let's hire the person that dressed unconservatively. More commonly, people focus on the wrong stuff. So don't let that happen to you. Dress in a conservative, professional way. It doesn't hurt to be overdressed. Sometimes you'll go to an organization that's a little bit more casual or it's casual Fridays and people will say, should I show up for my interview in casual Friday attire? And I always say, no, come in there and be the professional one. When you get hired, you can come in dressed in casual Friday. When you get hired, you can come in and you can be that person with a little bit more um, flavor in your attire. But when you get interviewed, Be the gray man. Be the professional IBM person in the blue suit and the red or blue or black tie that is conservative. Um, You know, you can look on websites about power ties and power colors, and I think that's just fine. Um, But I would, again, go towards the neutrals. And and for women, um, a casual business suit um, is, is most appropriate. Again, you don't want anything, um, too short or low cut or too sexy. Um, you want people to see you as again, professional. Think about consultants coming in and evaluating an organization. Um, so that's about enough about dress. You can look on the internet and there's a lot of great resources on what to wear. Um, but that's just my two cents. You should bring copies of your resume on high quality paper, a notepad, And a positive attitude. And mindset is everything. So let's talk a little bit about attitude and approach. This is the opportunity for you to set the image that you want. Most of the people in this organization aren't going to know you. 
unless it's a company that you're going to work with a bunch of friends and then you're probably not interviewing. Generally, this is a time to reset your image or create your brand. And in the future, we'll probably do an episode about being your brand or creating your professional brand. But think professional, high achiever, go-getter. These are the things that get hired. That's the person that you would want to hire, and that's the person that you want to be in your career, and certainly the person you want to put forward in your interview process. So remember, this is a blank stage, and you're an actor, and you get out, get an opportunity to get out there and create your brand image. So get focused around this. Think about what image you want. It starts the moment you walk in the door. Remember, you're an actor on the stage. Everyone who's involved in this process is a potential interviewer. It starts with that administrative person that might greet you at the front door, and it starts even before that. It might start with the administrative person or the person who calls you to schedule your interview. Be polite, be upbeat, be courteous, be nice. Get to know these people a little bit about and what they do. They're doing a hard job, and a lot of times organizations ask them, What did you think of John? How did he work? What was his attitude? So don't be a problem person. Even if you've got scheduling issues, um, you know, even if you're kind of looking at this job and you're not the most excited and you're just kind of taking a passive look, um, don't let people think you have a bad attitude just because you might be moderately interested. It's time to act as if. Act as if this could be the opportunity to be the CEO of this company. Act as if this is an opportunity that you could build your career. Don't have people knock you out of that dream opportunity because by the time you got your head into the game, by the time you learned those one or two things that really turned you on about an opportunity, you had already shut the door in your own face by not acting interested, by not being the glowing bright light that you probably are inside. Let that come out through the process. Later on, if you're not interested in the job or it's not a fit, you can let people know. But don't knock yourself out by put wearing your lack of interest and enthusiasm on your sleeve. It's no secret that during your process, your enthusiasm and interest is going to change as you learn things that you like and don't like about a potential opportunity. And that's not the time to make the decision. The time to make the decision was when you have all the information or if you're not looking and you're not interested, then don't go on the interview. But don't agree to go into this process and then the person calls you to schedule the interview and you're not available for three weeks because honestly you don't want to take the time and go through the hassle to move your schedule around. Be available. Be engaged. Be the person that you would want to hire. So, you know, don't be a difficult person to schedule and go with the flow. Be available. Um, You know, there's lots of reasons that you can take a day off work. And you need to be creative with that. And I understand that sometimes it's not easy. It can be stressful. But you need to put that aside. And you need to to know that if you're going to be in the professional world, you're going to look at jobs, you're going to have to find a way to get out there and do interviews. And so, you know, don't make it take a month or three weeks to get in there for an interview. What if a really good candidate comes in, interviews for that job, and they hire that person because you were too slow and unavailable for the interview? You could lose out on some really good opportunities by not being a responsive candidate. Remember, the market is hot, and 
you are not the only high achiever. You are not the only top person. You have to compete for top jobs because you know what? The jobs that will wait a month or two or three months are probably the jobs that other people have turned down that aren't the most interesting in the market. So, you know, the really good ones are going to go away. So, you know, you got to move quickly. You know, I tell companies they got to move quickly, but you as a candidate need to move quickly also. So enough, enough about logistics and mindset for now. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we get into a face-to-face interviewing technique. But let's go a little bit into preparation because preparation is critical. Don't just show up for this interview unprepared. Preparation falls into two basic categories, company research and question preparation. In terms of company research, here's some things that I would recommend that you do. Review the job description. Highlight things in your background that fit. And keep this available during the interview as areas of, of focus so when you answer questions, talk about the things that you do that fit so that they're relevant to the job. Uh, review the company website. Familiar yourself with the company products, business areas, mission, and vision. So that's a pretty obvious one, and hopefully you're already doing that. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that one. Review the interview schedule. If you don't have one, be sure to ask the person scheduling the interview who you're going to meet with and for ideally a copy of the schedule. As long as you have those names, that'll probably work because these days with LinkedIn, there's a lot of information available. So um, that's the next step is go to LinkedIn and or Google to look up these folks. Understand common connections. So look, there's a feature on the right-hand side of LinkedIn, connections. You know, See who knows them that you know, and that's always helpful. Um, you might even ask some common connections if you feel like they could be confidential uh, about that person. Uh, review their background of each interviewer. Understand what they do, where they've worked, and how long they've been with their company. So kind of you know, interview them a little bit um, electronically so you know who you're dealing with. Um, understand areas of common interest. These can be areas that you can build rapport. They're areas that you can focus on um, you're answering your interview questions and identify accomplishments and activities uh, or interests that are impressive or interesting to you. We're going to talk a little bit more about how you can use that um, later on in this uh, podcast. If it's a public company, go to Yahoo, Google Finance, and take some time to understand the financials of the company. Um, I like to focus on earning trends, forecasts, and their major competitors. Also, if you want to be an A student, and I hope you all will be A students, go to their past one or two earnings calls. Um, They should be available in their investor relations section of their website, and they're usually audio podcasts or audio casts where you can listen to them and you can hear what the CEO, the CFO, and other key executives say are going on with the company, earnings, new projects, as well as uh, what the investors are asking about the company. And and that can give you some um, highlights about what's going well and what's not going well. Question preparation. So first, let's talk about why we should be preparing questions. There's a couple reasons that we should invest significant amount of time before our interview preparing questions. Number one, at the end of most interviews, there's a time where the interviewer asks, do you have any questions for me? It's really important that you have questions because you want to be able to have a dialogue and engage in a productive two-way discussion with the person interviewing. And it also gives you a chance to highlight the research you did, build additional rapport, 
and um, also get your questions answered. So uh, there's much value in creating questions prior to the interview. The other value there is, is it gives you a chance to reflect on the things that you want to know that are important to you that will aid you in making your decision. The approach that I'd recommend is to get a blank piece of paper out and write down everything that you want to know about the company, job, or people that you'll be meeting with. Avoid questions about money and save the benefit questions for HR. This is the time to think about the questions you must understand before you make your decision. We're not going to use all these questions at the same time, but it's a good time for a brain dump. What you should do is prioritize these questions and align them with the appropriate spot or position in the interview process. Think of the interview process as a dating process. There's questions that you might ask on a first date, and there's questions that you're going to ask right before you decide to get engaged and get married. What you need to do is ask the right questions at the right time in the process. You wouldn't want to ask somebody in a first date, well, probably wouldn't, how many kids they want to have, what religion they want to raise their children, and a bunch of advanced political questions. Those are ones you'd probably ask a little bit deeper into the, into the process. The key here is to answer the company's questions and get them interested in you first. And then as you progress, there'll be time for you to get your questions answered, the ones that are more about what's in it for you. So align the questions with the appropriate step in the interview process. So now let's focus on the questions. I recommend developing several pools of interview questions. Questions for the hiring manager. These should focus on the role, their management style, and what they expect to be accomplished. Questions for the interviewer. Either about them, common or interesting areas you identified during your research, or specific questions how the role you're interviewing for impacts them. Consistent questions you ask each interviewer. The reason that you ask consistent questions to each interviewer is this allows you to assess the level of alignment within the organization and also get different perspectives on the questions you ask. These can be very valuable in determining what's really going on in an organization. Is this an organization in distress where a couple people have come up with some lines that sound pretty good? Or is this truly an organization that's amazing, one that can advance your career? If you've heard things about a manager that maybe puts your hairs on the back of your neck stand up, this is the time to ask questions about the organization, about the team. People can't make up alignment. Alignment comes from the facts. So using questions that are consistent among interviewers about culture, about the team, about the impact of this role can really help you understand for yourself what's going on. So let's discuss some sample questions in each category. Sample questions for the hiring manager. What do you expect the person who you hire in this role to accomplish in the first 30, 60, and 90 days? Tell me about your management style. Tell me about the most successful hire you had and what made him or her successful. If the person you hire for this role comes in and does an amazing job, what could this position lead to? And of course, there are many other options, so be creative. Example questions for each interviewer. These will be specific to the person, 
So I'll give you more general examples, but these should be based on the research that you've done and the role that this person has in the organization and how it interacts with the position that you're interviewing for. If you're meeting with HR, tell me about the culture. What can you tell me about the leadership style of the hiring manager? Can you give me a bit more detail about the performance management process? If you're meeting with finance, you can ask about the financials of a business unit. Again, there are many, many options. Here's an example of a question that you could compose based on your research. You could ask questions like, I noticed during my research on LinkedIn that you moved up from a senior individual contributor to a senior manager in just two years. What were the things you did to make you so successful? How do you think the interviewer would feel about a question like that? These type of questions where you single out an accomplishment that truly is impressive are really great opportunities for you to create a positive experience with the interviewer and also understand what leads to success in this organization. Remember, people want to hire people that they like, and people like talking about themselves. So create opportunities for the interviewer to talk about their accomplishments and talk about their impact and the traits that made them successful. If the traits that made them successful in the organization align with your strengths and your traits, chances are this is a good fit. And if it's a good fit, you're finding common ground to talk about and you're creating a positive experience, this will definitely help you to get recognized in an interview process. Finally, there are consistent questions that you ask each interviewer. And I'm going to recommend the first consistent question not be a surprise to you. It's the same question that I suggested or strongly recommended you use in the phone interview process. And that question, for those of you who may not recall, is what are the three most important things you're looking for in a person you hire for this position? Now, you've already asked this to the hiring manager, so you probably don't want to be repetitive, but you can ask this to each other interviewer, and you should ask this early on in the process. Again, People only hear about 20% of what you say to them. They only hear the things that are interesting and important to them. So you need to focus your interview process on speaking about things that are interesting or important to them. And asking them what's interesting or important to them will help you to focus. So that's the point of this question. If you're uncomfortable or it doesn't make sense to ask them what they're looking for in the person that they're hiring because they're not hiring, Ask them, what are the most important things that you want to get out of this time that we spend together speaking about this position? Or, how do you interact with this role? And can you tell me, what are the most important things that you'd be looking for in the person who takes on this role so that you can work successfully with that person? Or another example of this question could be, tell me about the three things that you're looking for in the person that you interview for this role so that you'd be comfortable recommending that the hiring manager moves forward with an offer for this person. Again, it's the same point. You're trying to understand what success looks like for them so that you can invest the time during the interview process talking about things that will help them understand if you'll be successful in this role. Some other examples of questions that you can ask each interviewer consistently is, what gets you excited to come to work at XYZ Company each day? 
How will you interact with this role? And what is the impact on you if someone in this role is successful? Okay, you get the point. So be creative and invest some time in preparing your questions. Let's move on to a couple of other subjects. In the next section, we'll cover interview format and approach. And um, again, hopefully you've listened to my um, preparation for telephone interviewing. If you haven't, you should uh, hit stop and you should listen to that right now because there's some really good subject matter on um, interviewing in general. And a face-to-face interview is just like a phone interview, only better because people tend to be more comfortable uh, face-to-face than they are on the phone, and you have a couple other advantages, like you can see the person, you can kind of understand how your messages are are landing, you can um, adjust, and a few other things I'm going to talk to you about in just a minute. So what you should do is treat each face-to-face interview as sort of a separate phone interview. Um, What I mean by that is that format that I told you in the phone interview is going to still stand. You're going to have three sections. You're going to have an introduction, a body, and a closing. And we'll talk about those and how they're different and possibly easier, actually definitely easier in a face-to-face so the introduction, let's talk about that. So this, this might even start outside of the office. It might start with a handoff and a handshake, or it might start with someone meeting you and walking you to your, next, to your interview. Um, so in the walk and talk, and even if this isn't like before the interview, it could be during or after, um, I call this, and maybe it's not just me, a site tour. Notice things you like, but don't be critical or try to tell them, uh, how you would do things better or, or what you would want to change. So you can notice those things, and maybe even when you sit down, you can write them down. I wouldn't walk around like an auditor with a notepad and write things down. That's probably not going to be um, received well. But I would walk around. I would look. I would notice. I would definitely take the opportunity to uh, recognize or comment on things that you find impressive or well done. Um, if you're ma- you know, touring a manufacturing plant, you could say, gee, I noticed the XYZ fixtures. When did you get those? I really like those um, in my plant. We're looking to get those. Or, wow, the layout of that line is really impressive. When did you do um, that layout? I really like that. It seems like it would be very efficient. Um, so, you know, again, one of the reasons for that is people tend to like people who like them. So, you know, having positivity in your interview process really does put people in a positive mindset and make them more um, more open and more uh, ready to receive the information that you're going to exchange in the interview process. Another thing you can think about when you do your walk and talk is think of yourself as a consultant that you've been brought into this organization and now you're trying to understand what the organization needs and you're going to make a recommendation. And um, ultimately, the recommendation is probably you, uh, but that's a good mindset to bring in there is to feel and look like a consultant. So when the, you walk into the office, you should look around and notice the office. You should take in uh, awards, uh, personal items, memorabilia, uh, children's photos. Remember, think about this. What are the things that people put in, in their office? They're things that they're most proud of. It's a conscious decision to showcase who you are and what you've achieved or what you like or what makes you feel happy. Right, That photo, that family photo in Hawaii has meaning. And people like to talk about things with meaning. 
So focus on understanding and seeing. Again, don't be an inspector, but be an observer. Use your eyes, your ears. Allow that feeling to come in. And in the beginning of the interview, the first phase that you're going to go through in the introduction is rapport building. So you might comment on a photo. Oh, wow, is that Maui? My wife and I just went there last year. We had an amazing experience. Wow, did you eat at ABC Place? Yeah, I did. You know, a couple minutes of chit-chat can really help to break the ice and make everybody comfortable. Because remember, not everybody is a professional interviewer. A lot of people only interview a few times a year, especially if they're not a VP, especially if they're not super senior. They may not be professional interviewers, and they may also be nervous. So a little bit of chit-chat, a little bit of rapport building or icebreaking can help have a more successful interview and have people leave with a more positive feeling about you. The opposite of this is you should not spend the entire interview just chit-chatting. You have to manage the time. You have to manage to the sections, and you should be responsible and focused on that. You know, maybe have your phone out in an inconspicuous place where you can check the time. Don't be looking at your watch constantly, and really, don't be looking at your phone constantly. You shouldn't be in an interview texting and emailing. Put that phone down, but put it somewhere where you can notice the time in a professional way. Some people put it on their legs so they can look down at glance. Some people put it on a table, but have it available. So, you, Or if there's a clock, then don't. But know where the time is so that you can manage to the time and you can get through the introduction where you're building rapport and you're asking that question, what are the three things that are most important? You're probably telling your story, similar to how you did in a phone interview. And the other thing I do in the rapport section is to think about mirroring. I'll give you a psychological concept of mirroring. So mirroring is, um, you know, so the one thing you do have in a face-to-face interview that you don't have on the phone is um, body language, right? So let's be conscious of our body language right now. So what you're doing, you're sitting in a chair, you're walking, you're standing, how your body is sitting is sending somebody a message. Guess what message it's sending if you're kind of slouched in your chair and you're kind of like curled up? You're either super comfortable or you're not that like assertive or, or going somewhere. What body language does it say when you sit up in your chair and you lean a little bit more forward and you maybe smile and make eye contact? It says you're on it. It says you're listening, that you're assertive, that you're on a mission. Your voice even changes because I just did that and you probably noticed. Now, I'm going to sit back in my chair and I'm going to be relaxed and calm and chill. Which person do you want to listen to? Which person do you want to hire? You can see it. I went back. It's impressive. It motivates people. So think about body language. Be aware of your body language during the interview, both when you walk and when you sit down. Also, think about, I didn't even talk about mirroring, so let's go back to that mirroring concept. So mirroring is basically looking and observing the body language, tone, uh, voice, loudness, the rate at which they speak, and kind of understanding how that other person is speaking. And so mirroring is to make your communication similar. Now, don't be a mimic, 
But if someone you're interviewing with is really excited and really energetic and has a high pace, then guess what? I'm going to be really energetic and really excited and have a high pace. And if someone I'm interviewing with is very deliberate, very focused, very thoughtful, I'm probably going to be a little bit more deliberate, focused, and thoughtful. And if someone is more soft-spoken and calm, I'm probably not going to be loud and boisterous because they're not going to like it and they're going to shrink back. I'm going to be a little bit more calm, a little bit more measured. So think about that. Don't be a parrot. Don't get caught trying to imitate them. But try to subtly reflect their pace, their body language. So if they're sitting up, I'm sitting up. If they're slouching a little bit, I'm probably slouching a little bit. Because guess what? People like people that are like them. So that can be a technique that you can use. So back to the introduction here. So um, you should make sure you get a, a card so you can send a uh, thank you note or follow-up note afterwards. You should build rapport. You should ask questions in the, in the intro. You should tell your story. In the body um, of the interview, you're going to be answering questions and asking questions um, similar to the phone interview. In fact, it's not going to be any different. And uh, I'm not going to spend a ton of time going deep on interviewing technique. What I'll probably do is, is cover how to interview people in an upcoming um, episode, and that will give you way more insight in how to answer interview questions. And then I'll follow up with this, that, another one on how to answer interview questions. But right now, I think you have what you need um, to be 99% successful. Um, I'm probably only going to give you, well, maybe 95. I'll probably give you 5% more edge when I give you my expert tips on interviewing, but I've given you a lot of them already. So um, let's get back to our regularly scheduled programming. So you should take notes. Um, they're watching, right? And taking notes says something to people. It says what they say is important. It says what they say you're listening to. So even if you're a person that doesn't take notes, and trust me, uh, anyone that's talked to me live uh, knows um, I don't take notes. Um, and quite honestly, I don't need to take notes. I, I'm not saying I'm photographic memory, um, but it's pretty darn close. I remember pretty much everything people say to me. That's probably why I'm a recruiter. Um, because I was really good at that memory game where you flip the cards, um, and I'm still really good at that memory game. So I don't write a lot down, um, but people do get kind of put off by that. So when I'm being interviewed, uh, which hasn't been in a while because that's not what I do anymore, um, I take notes. And actually when I'm interviewing people, I take notes too because if I didn't take notes, they'd be insulted. Uh, it's not that I don't remember, and honestly it does help me to review them, but generally I'm not a big note taker, um, and a lot of you say you're not. Um, but you should take notes during the interview, and that'll also ha help you to review what happened in your interview and um, potentially um, build some new questions in the future, kind of tie some things together. Um, during the closing of the interview, this is when things are starting to wrap up, either because the time is starting to wrap up or that you hear things that say that it's going to wrap up, like, do you have any questions for me? And we talked about the questions, so I'm not going to go into questions. You're going to ask questions in the closing. You're also going to ask another standard question, and you guys are probably already thinking of what this is. Do you have any questions or concerns about my background or fit for this position? We talked about in the phone interview. You should absolutely use this for the face-to-face -face interview. So ask if they have any questions or concerns about your background or fit. And then you can ask them, do you feel comfortable recommending me for this role if they're not the hiring manager? You know, with the hiring manager, this is the time if you've 
kind of had another interview, so this is now your second interview with them, you should ask for the job or t- express interest. You could say, hey, you know, I really liked our phone interview, and now we've had this face-to-face interview. I've met with several other people, and now we're meeting a second time. This job seems really interesting to me. I think this is a good fit. What do you think? If that's the way you feel and this is a job you want, you got to ask for that job. you got to ask for the sale. So be asking. Always be closing. You know, Ask people where you stand. Ask them what they think. The money question might come up, especially with the hiring manager. Once again, I would use the same response I did in the phone interview. Well, you know, I, I, uh, I know this is our face-to-face interview. Are we ready to make an offer? I guess would be my first question. Like, are we there? And are you the one that makes the offer? Uh, Is that HR? I'd probably ask a couple questions like that before I just told them what I was looking for. And then I would probably say a similar thing to what I said. I'd say, this seems like a really good fit. In fact, I'm really interested. Um, What my salary is is X. And, um, you know, I'm sure you you guys would need to look at your internal equity and salary range. And if I'm the right person, you'll make me a a fair offer. And uh, that's all I'm looking for is a fair offer. You know, get them to put a number out first. And, um, you know, don't get into a negotiation. Don't get into a number thing. That's what people like me are for, to advise you through that. But uh, if you don't have a recruiter, you still don't want to get into this at that point. Let, get them to make an offer to you. you. You know, if you want a job, the next step from a face-to-face interview is either a second face-to-face interview or an offer. In sales, we go with this concept of what's the objective of this discussion. The objective of an interview, a final interview for a job you want, is to get an offer. It's not to negotiate the offer. That's the objective of the negotiations. It's to get the offer. So that's what you want to do here. Let's talk about a couple of other special situations. So panel interviews. Oh, the dreaded panel interview. I don't have a lot of great advice for you for the panel interview because I don't like them. In fact, I don't recommend them to my clients, but some people like to do them. And so what I will tell you is that you're now building rapport with a group. You are now focused on a group, and a group has many different stakeholders. And so think of this as more public speaking slash interviewing. You have to deliver messages in your interview responses that resonate with multiple categories of people. So how do you do that? One, you make eye contact. Two, you try to understand the backgrounds of those people. You engage with those people. Three, you smile and you act cool under pressure. Don't let the group frazzle you and just do your best. They're tough. But you know what? A lot of times you do better than you think because panel interviews are just not that effective. Lunch interviews. So lunch interviews. The things that I would say is um, lunch interviews can be great. But um, first of all, don't order something that's going to be hard to eat because this is not the goal. Of this is not um, to eat a meal. The goal of this is to be interviewed. So I like things like sandwiches um, are real easy to eat kind of quickly um, during an interview. But, you know, just be mindful that um, complicated or difficult foods to eat. Like I wouldn't order a lobster that it requires quite a bit of work and focus. You want something that just kind of uh, you're eating and then in between bites you're able to have a good good conversation. Tests and assessments. So be aware that companies sometimes use tests or assessments when making decisions on hiring. These can come with a, in a lot of different flavors. They can come in online leadership assessments. Um, they can also come in uh, work kind of tests, like presenting in front of a group. Um, again, these are very difficult, and I often do not recommend that my clients do these, but some companies will do them. And, and so again, it's do your best prepare and um, 
Hopefully it's a work-relevant thing so that if you're good at your job, you'll shine through. Missed interviews or last-minute changes. Again, you got to be flexible here. Uh, remember, it usually creates a rapport-building opportunity, an opportunity to show your flexibility and professionalism. Um, you know, if, if they say, oh, well, well, John just had an emergency and he's not going to be able to meet with you, well, that's fine. Is there, is there a room I can go into? Should bring, you know, a notepad. You might even have your laptop in your um, briefcase because you never know. Sometimes this stuff happens and you can catch up on a little email. You can also um, do a mid-interview reset and prep. But just be flexible and professional. Um, the other uh, in, thing you might face is the rogue interviewer, and that can be interesting. So somebody who's disgruntled, and it does happen. Um, you get a disgruntled employee that says, why would you ever want to work here? And my advice to you on that is just uh, don't go with them. Um, don't fight them either. Don't say, oh, well, this is a great company, and you don't know. It's, it's not your job to turn around. Um, just listen. Don't probably argue with them. You know, listen. And, um, you know, answer their questions and, um, you know, talk to the recruiter about that or um, somebody in HR in a professional way. Um, You know, probably not, oh, that person's a jerk. But, gee, you know, John's interview was really unique. And and, uh, he has some questions that I just 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 seem very different than everybody else's. And, you know, you can kind of feel it out and understand. A lot of times that's known and people just aren't making good selections on their interview team or the person's a really valued technical person. But, you know, it's just important to know that that could happen. So that's uh, just a really brief overview of how to be more successful in – face-to-face interviews. Thanks for joining me on this episode. If you're looking for more content like this, you can either search the Med Device Talent Podcast website, or you can go to my other podcast, the Recruiting Career Talent Management Podcast at rctmpodcast.com. Have a great day.